Welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome to episode 10 of So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. I am Meredith Fogel here with my co-host, Valerie Hernwan. And today we are going to be talking about mindfulness and creating a vision for your business. And we're actually going to talk you through a really fun exercise, which is creating a vision board. So first of all, thank you as always for listening. We are so thrilled. We were just talking about all of the downloads and listens. It's I know we're amazing. almost to what, 900? We're almost at, at 1,000 actually. A thousand. Yeah, so I'm really excited when Buzzsprout so tell sends your us, friends. A thousand your friends. will be a big yes. milestone, right? Yeah, and Buzzsprout sends this really fun oh, message when you get to a thousand, when you hit a milestone, right. which is one thing I love about Buzzsprout, which is our, our podcast host, if anybody's wondering. Please continue to listen and rate us, write reviews. Please pop on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and just hit that five-star button. We would so appreciate it. My husband, I can't believe there's 900 people that want to hear it. <laughs> that is crazy, right? How did he not believe that? Comment? I know. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> he married you for many reasons. That's one. All right. So episode nine, if you haven't listened yet, was all about goal setting. And it was part one of our three-part goal setting series. So we talked last week about time blocking. So if you haven't already, check out our show notes because we have a time blocking worksheet there and we'd love for you to share your time blocking calendars with us. We'd like to see them all color coded. And then part two, which we're talking about today, is goal setting and creating a vision for your business using mindfulness to help you execute that vision. And then, like we said, we're going to talk you through that fun exercise of creating a vision board. So the one reason we want to talk about this is lots of studies show that the best way to achieve results is to use both visualization and goal setting. Valerie, how important would you say having an overall vision has been to your business? Um, I would say from what we're going to be talking about, the vision board, you know me, I was always making fun of you for doing it. <laughs> I know. But it does help. And I'm the more, I'm a visual person for everything I do. Yeah. So having put the things that I want, I want to achieve on that board, even though my favorite part was the scissors and the glue and all that stuff <laughs> and going through the magazines, it, it definitely good. helps. So literally, I think I said it last time, I have it next to, I have French doors leaving my office. Oh, yeah. So on the right side. So every time I leave my office, I go by my Tiffany bracelet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it does work. It, it, it does. sounds corny sometimes, and I thought it was corny when you brought it up. But again, you're right. You're yeah, right. and it is important. Yeah. But first, we're going to start talking about mindfulness before we get to actually building that vision board. And mindfulness is directly tied to creating a vision. So for you, those of you who have been listening, you know I like to start with a quote. Yes. A very so quote. yes. So today's quote was uh, from Buddha, and it says, Our life is shaped by our mind, for we become what we think. Right? Do you agree, Valerie? Yes, but you know me, layman's term, I think I'm Tenley instead of Buddha, my mother, to be honest. <laughs> and it was, she was all about the power of positive thinking. Mm. Like, if you don't think you're going to get an, an offer, you don't get it. If you don't think, you know yeah. what I mean? I feel like if you're not putting those positive vibes. Yes. So it's the kind of same thing of being kind of... I agree. Like, you attract what you put out there. Or Correct. in the words exactly. of Gerald Ford, he put it very succinctly and simply, which was whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. 
Right. So exactly, yeah. exactly. You can make either way work or not work. Right? Yep. Yep. So the purpose of mindfulness is to focus on what you want to achieve, but also is to be completely present in everything we do. And studies show that being mindful helps manage stress, helps you adhere to that vision that you create, and your ability to manage stress, to be present for your clients, and to adhere to your vision, which should include your basic values and your motivators, will really be essential to your success. One of the best indicators of success is the ability to recover quickly from disappointments. And I find that to be really important, especially in real estate. Right. Have you had experiences where you've been so, like, it, what happens with me is I get so invested in my clients. And when, you know, they don't prevail, when you've written an offer that you think is really strong or something happens that is against what they're really hoping is going to happen, you know, they can't beat a cash offer with no contingencies, for right. example, because they've got to have a loan. Like you just want to cry for them. It's so hard and you're so disappointed for them, but you've got to bounce back quickly for them, right? Right. I, I feel almost your job is to not absorb that whole mm. drama of the transaction. So it's right. funny because I'm on the other end. Like if we have a disappointment, I always almost have to, I'm a cheerleader. Mm. So I almost have to explain to them, it's not that I don't have empathy, is that my job is to let's pick up and go to the next house and get it. Yes. If not, I feel we all get in that downward, like, oh, we didn't get the house. We're never yes. going to get a house. So literally, I feel like I'm the cheerleader, but I don't want them to misconstrue that as, oh, who cares? You lost that one, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. I'm in their team, but my job as their team person is to keep them motivated and up and positive. You know? Were you always like that? Or did you have to kind of like grow a thicker skin and that ability? Or was that just sort of how you were well, wired? You know, at the beginning, it's weird because you're almost reacting to what people want because you're more of an agent pleaser when yeah. you're uh, like a new agent. Yeah. But no, I mean, you know me, after <laughs> a few years... People that work with me have to like my style because I'm very blunt and, you know, so yeah. very upfront. So, no, I mean, yes. Like, now I feel that's almost like a good thing. Like, they know and I explain it to them. Right. Like they rely on me, too. When they're crying that a window doesn't open at the final walk, you right. know what I mean, walkthrough or something like right, that. Right. I'm like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. You know? Keep your eyes on the big picture. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To keep. And it's funny because it could be like a CFO of a Fortune 500 yeah. or it could be a first-time homebuyer. They're both the same. They yeah. react the same way because I always feel it's such like a, I mean, people are spending half a million, three quarters of a million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Some people only do it. We do it every week or every month, but right. some people do it once every 30 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And it is very emotional. So we kind of Correct. have to be that steady rudder for people. Correct. The other thing I think can kind of derail or at least distract newer agents, especially. So those of you who are thinking about getting into this business, this is one of those kind of truth about real estate things. And at some point we will do an episode about dealing with other agents, right. but is when you feel like you've been bullied, mistreated, disrespected, whatever word you want to use by another agent. And especially with new agents, I feel like that can be a real stressor. We just had one of our newer agents who had a run-in with, with an agent who was just not nice. And it's so hard. And, you know, she came in and she was, she had just really, really was affected by this agent's behavior. So I just had to kind of like turn her back around and kind of like you said, get her eyes refocused on the picture and the client. And it, it's hard not to take, take things personally, right. especially when they're coming from an agent who, you know, sometimes that person just had a bad day. 
But that can be really hard, right? Dealing with other agents. And I feel you, almost our job, honestly, is to be a filter for mm. that agent. Like, I feel I've worked with horrible agents, and my clients never knew she was horrible. I love that. You know what I mean? It's almost yes. like that's why they pay you for it. Because if I... I don't know. It's almost like playing telephone. I can make it worse by telling them how horrible she is. You're so As opposed to basically saying, and even when my people go, you tell them blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? (laughs) Do we want, I always say we're courting the other agent. Even Mm. if we don't love her, we're not going to marry her. But we're courting her at the moment because you want that house that she has. So it's so weird. So literally it's a game of courting the other agent without getting, of course, steamrolled because I don't like that either. So I always tell my clients, I'm nice. Until I'm not. <laughs> right. So I'm I really nice yeah. because if I'm like crazy all the time with demands, then yeah. they'll be like, the will salary again. She has another demand. Yeah. So I'm nice as pie until they cross me. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then they know, wait a minute, she's been nice. This right. must be an important point she's trying to make. That's such a good way to put it. That's such a good, like being a filter for people and keeping yes. the emotion out of it is so And you know what's important. funny? When we go to settlement, then sometimes you go, oh, those sellers were so awful. And you meet them and they're the nicest people in the universe. Right. And you realize it's the agent that has not filtered them correctly. So true. Which is insane because you're like, oh, I'm so surprised. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the agent was doing a disservice by painting them as difficult, crazy, unreasonable, you know? You are so right. Because she thought that was her job. Right, right, right. Yeah, Yeah. you're so right. Yeah, that's a a whole other conversation too about trying not to be adversarial and keeping people you know, working toward their goals, but you're exactly right. And that's why you're successful in getting people to fulfill their goals because you're able to put that piece of it, you know, in front of you and in front of them and to filter things and deliver the message the right way. So let's share some tips for bringing mindfulness into your business. And this all relates to what we've just spoken about. So keep these in mind so you can be fully present in your client interactions. And they're good rules of thumb for all real estate agents, I think. They'll help you be more authentic, more client-focused, help ensure clarity in your communication, help you be consistent, and maybe most important, they'll improve your confidence in all of your interactions with clients and with other agents. So this one I love, listen twice as much as you speak. (laughs) That's hard for me. (laughs) You might be more used to it, but you have to tell me that. And I try, but I have to say I'm not very good at that. I still listen, but I still speak a lot. (laughs) You're definitely better, though. And then take a moment after a client speaks to absorb and to confirm understanding. I was just talking about this with an agent who I'm training yesterday, and he's very quick. And he just understands, like he processes what people are saying right away. And I'm kind of that same way, and you are too. And you just just get it when someone says something to you. But a lot of people aren't as fast. And so they, when you quickly respond, they feel like maybe they haven't been heard completely. So it's a good idea to just pause for a second after someone makes a point. You can write it down. You can just think about it. And then you say, okay, what I think I heard you say was, or just a firm understanding. Yeah, I think I told you the story that I had a married couple and she was exactly like me. And her husband was quiet. And I had to, she wouldn't bite her tongue, but they've been married forever. (laughs) But I had to bite my tongue because I almost felt bad for him. Because I could see me and her going, oh my gosh, do I talk that much? <laughs> so, and he needed to be heard. You're right. Because yeah. when she interrupted, he would be like, like, put his hands up. Like, what? Like, do I Aww. not get a time? So it was really interesting. Yeah. To have to do that. But yeah. it was only because I could see myself in her. That's so funny. So we couldn't get up. <laughs> so it couldn't be two against him. Right, I think right. he would have left. 
And that's a whole other thing is balancing two different personalities. Right. That's a whole other skill set that people need to have. Um, another one, lean in and maintain eye contact when communicating in person. So that is so important to making sure that you are maintaining really strong, good eye contact with people. Again, it makes people feel like you're focused on them and that they are heard. That kind of reminds me of, have you ever seen Tom Cruise when he is like talking to somebody? He's intense. He's almost psycho. He's yes. intensely yes, focused. He is. But from people that it's I've true. like, yeah, that I've heard or read about interacting with him, he makes them feel like they're the only person right. in the world that's in those funny. moments. And I think that's one reason he is so charismatic so and so right. successful. Yeah. Um, when taking phone calls, take notes and take calls in a quiet spot where you can fully concentrate. This was something I kind of had to teach myself because I'm a multitasker and I'm a pacer when I'm on the phone. So typically I'd be like pacing around or doing something else while I'm on the phone with somebody. But I think that it's so important for my retention of the information and also to make the person on the other end feel heard that I'm at least standing still and sometimes in front of something I can take notes on so that I'm fully engaged in the conversation. Um, And this one is so important for all of us cell phone addicts, and I'm one of them. Keep your cell phone out of sight and earshot when you are speaking with a client. Yes, it's rude. Do you think it's rude? Is that how you feel about it? Yeah. It's rude if I'm talking to someone yeah. and they look at the phone. Yeah. I'm like, I'm standing in front of you. Like the person didn't come to see you. They're on a phone, you know? Yeah. So yes, yes. I feel, and I feel actually when you deal with younger generation, there's, okay, like my son has the Apple Watch. Yeah. And I literally have to, because now he's dealing, he's interviewing for jobs. Right. So... He could be talking to me or to Mr. Matthews, whoever, and then it beeps. He'll look at the wrist, yeah. and I'm like, "That is rude." Yeah, yeah. Because that means you, I'm in front of you, and I, this person, suddenly begins first in your mm. mind, as opposed to. Yeah, but I feel that's a generational thing. I mean, they all do it. I think it is, and I think you are so well articulating what most people, how most people feel about that exact kind of thing. Um, again, that same agent I was training, we were talking about this, and he's a really good multitasker, and so am I. So I could actually be like on the phone having a full text conversation and also be like recording this podcast right now, but <laughs> most people can't do that. Right. And in my own mind, I also feel the same way, that if somebody's checking their phone, in fact, it's like, I feel like yes. I'm the teacher sometimes, I'll be like, I'll wait. Exactly. <laughs> Until they're done looking at whatever they're looking at. But yeah, that's important. And usually if I'm in an interview with a client or I'm, you know, on a listing appointment or showing a house, I have my phone and intentionally stuck like somewhere in my purse right. that I can't see. I don't even want to see it light up because it's that distracting exactly. to me. And You're I know right. I'll be distracted. Yeah. Um, don't spend time complaining about what others are doing wrong. Easier said than done. Focus on the positives. Do you agree that that's an important I one? Agree. I yeah. have to tell you, like, even if I'm interviewing for either buyer or selling agent, yes. um, I'm always, if they talk about someone else, yes. I always will definitely speak with them. I hope, you know me, I'm all about karma, of who will serve you best. Because mm-hmm. I feel it's technically what we can do, and then it's a very close, like, yeah. transaction. It is. So you you have to get along with your agent. Yes. So yes. I've had people that I'm interviewing, and I'm like, oh, I know we're not going to, you know, so yes, by all means. So, <laughs> yeah, but talking bad about anybody is such horrible, horrible. It is. And I always say to people, and actually, I've been hired a few times because People say, I open the door wide open for you to say something negative about your competition and you didn't step through it. Right. And I do that all the time. And I always say, if they say, well, what about this? I say, I'm going to tell you what I can do. I'm not going to tell you what they can't do, but I certainly encourage you to do your research. 
Um, never bring emotion into your communication or negotiation. So we kind of talked about that already. But also, so, you know, you talked about filtering the communication to the other agent, to your client. But I think, you know, purchasing and selling is an incredibly emotional transaction for our clients. So, so these things like death, divorce, and real estate? Yes. That are yes, the it's most, what, like, high, like, yeah. Yes, they're high strain on high a marriage. Stress, yeah. yeah, high stress for, for people. So, again... <laughs> Just be as even as you can, and that does become easier as you get more experienced. Avoid comparing yourself to others. Is that at all hard for you or no? Um, you mean as feeling bad if somebody else is doing something? Well, or? yeah, like sometimes, you know, I've had certainly times when a sign goes up and I'm like, oh, why did I get that listing? Or, you know, it's... Yeah, uh, I have to say, like, I can only do things. Like, I have my style and I can change it. Mm. Like, I'm just comfortable in my style. Mm-hmm. So I always go, well, that's something that I couldn't have done or I didn't mm. click with those people. Yeah. But no, that could be a self-spiraling, self-doubt kind of thing. It can, yeah, it can. I don't want to even. Yeah, I think <laughs> one of the, the most important lessons I was given by my retired mentor is just keep your focus on doing what you do best. Right. And the rest of it just falls into place. Don't worry about what your competition is doing. You just keep doing what you're doing. And it's really proven to be true. And then focus on your own goals rather than what other people think. I think that's incredibly important as well. If you again, yeah. if as long as your values are in the right place, it all comes back around. I feel like you're like if you have again, if you're true to your style, yeah, that's the best thing. Like you can't yeah. pretend to be this TV real estate agent because that works or whatever. <laughs> right. I feel like everybody has to find like you and I are completely different. Yeah, and people love you and people love me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, yeah, I feel you need to just be true to your yeah. Like even in our team, everybody has their own little yeah. vibe. Yeah, it's true. And people that work with Stacy might not work with me, and and mm-hmm. I'm not mad about that. Or you know, I'm mm-hmm. just like yes, she's definitely more their style. Right. Style. Yeah. So there's something for everyone. It's so, true. Yeah, it's I true. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. So we talked about adherence to mm-hmm. one's vision as being able to reorient you to focus on your goals, even as stressful situations arise. Author and inspirational speaker Peter Block says, one's vision is not a roadmap, but a compass. And I love that idea of the vision being a compass. And in order to use a compass, you'll need something you can keep in your field of vision and reference to keep your subconscious focused on your goal. So what do you think that is? What are we talking about at the beginning? Your vision board, that becomes your compass. So the vision board can serve as a useful tool to help your subconscious focus on your achievement goals. And in case you're thinking it's just an arts and crafts project or hokey, like Valerie thought when I first brought it up, it's actually something much more powerful. So why? Why is it a powerful tool? Well, again, according to a whole ton of research, exposure to visual images of future goals dramatically increases our ability to achieve those goals. Goal setters who include visioning in their planning experience a market increase in percentages of goals met. So just by being able to visually focus on your goals, you're much more likely to achieve them. So now the fun part. So now we get to tell you about how to create your very own vision board. Start by bringing together, gather a piece of poster board, some scissors, some glue, glue sticks work too and several magazines and or your computer. So I think when we did this, we did both, right? We had magazines and then we also surfed online for images. And it's funny because if you bring your magazines, most Mm -hmm. likely that's already your vision. True. Like I brought HGTV. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That's very true. Catalog, things like that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. 
So step two then is to flip through the magazines or surf the internet to find images that embody your goals, not just physical items, but also images that give you a feeling of pleasure and well-being. So when you did this, Valerie, did you just sort of like flip through and you just stopped when something caught your eye or were exactly. you looking? So you weren't looking for anything particular. You no, just went with I was right. I literally <laughs> first I was making fun of your whole project. Yes. But then looking through, yes, whatever caught my eye. And you know, this happens when I'm helping people in design. I always use Pinterest, so I say pin whatever. Like, don't overthink it. Like, whatever comes to mind. And you know it because you've done it. When you go back to the board, you have, like, people go, I don't have a sense of style. I'm like, you do. Because you like the same thing. So once they basically see it all together, which is the beauty of Pinterest, it's like, oh, my gosh. I always like white paint. I always like soft things. So same thing with the vision board in a weird kind of way. Like, I pick these things, and once I glue them, I'm like, yes, this is totally me. Right. City, Tiffany's, my dog, and you know what I mean? So it ended up being... So when you saw it all together, all together it felt like exactly. a, it's a cohesive vision. Even though I didn't go for a theme, okay. I was just getting like, oh my God, this caught my eye. And this, you know. Oh, that's cool. But on the board, yeah. it was like a Pinterest board that it was like, oh yeah, this is, looks like me. Everything I like or would like to do or something. Right. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. And so your vision board should include both things that you want and things you want to experience. Like you just said, something that you want to do. So wait, I'm trying to think what on your board was something you wanted to do? Well, I did the travel and okay. then I did, I think I had like Dubai or something like the city uh, okay. all up, but it's any city. Okay. You know me, I don't like to go to the, the idea of traveling, whatever. Yeah. I just wanted to experience different okay. cities or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And your vision board can also include words or phrases, not just images. Do you have any uh, words on yours? I can't remember. I should have taken a picture before. No, I remember having uh, some dog things because I had just gotten my dog. Oh, and yeah. That was fun. So yeah. I wanted to like get stuff for him. I did have jewelry. I can't remember what else I had. I remember well, let's share, let's share pictures of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to take a picture on my way out and then I ran out. Okay. But I'll send it I'll to you. Yeah, we'll post it. It yeah. gets really cute. And I'm, yeah. Yeah, so we'll post we'll post both of them. So, okay, the last piece of it then is once you've cut out or printed all of the images that represent your goals, you're going to just stick them to your vision board so you can use your glue stick, your regular glue, whatever you want, and then display your finished board in a place you'll see it every day. So Valerie, as she said, has hers by her door, so she sees it every time she goes out of her office. I have mine in my office here um, in the Catlins and I see it every day when I go into my office and then when I turn around to turn the lights out it's there too so I see it when I leave Um, and then your subconscious does the rest so do you feel like your subconscious actually started to work toward any of the goals on your vision board um yeah well I feel it keeps you motivated Mm -hmm. kind of like putting it out there even things that you like I may never get to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean but I may do New York City once it comes back right so things like that but yeah I'm a visual person like when I'm doing anything with my clients I'm always like I'm on Pinterest all the time even for houses like yeah I wanted to sell this house I'm like and they don't love it I'm like look here's that same house in yellow because I feel like people need to see things. Yeah. I'm very visual, so I think most people are. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it does, I think even if you're not primarily visual, it certainly helps shore up right. your so ability I think to. Yeah, it's nice to have a goal. And it's yeah. funny. It's like with Jackson and his interviews. He wants like a funky muscle car. So every time, every time he says anything, I'm like, well, you're that much closer to that car. Yeah. So, I should do a vision board with the car. You know what Donald says? That he's going to buy the car and ride his car for him. Yeah. And then 
to make him jealous so oh he can get a job. Gosh. I'm like, that would be me. That would be a live visual board. Motivational parenting at its best. Exactly. Right? That's exactly. so funny. He's like, I'm just going to get the card. Like, so did you put Donald's vision, I mean, muscle car, car goal on your vision? Oh, yeah. No, I should, no, and he didn't hear it. So I told Jackson about it. We were laughing about it. But yeah, I should put him. I should put him put on, on there. Board. That's so funny. So we will share both of our vision boards. We're going to put that on our website at therealestaterainmakers.com so you can see what they look like. And I actually have two. And one is not really a vision board that I created, but one is a quote that's Valerie can actually see out of her line of vision right now as we're recording. That's really I love kept, Isn't it awesome? Yeah, it really keeps me grounded. And it's a Mother Teresa quote all about focusing on doing your best um, and not, you know, kind of getting derailed by worrying about what other people are doing or saying. So I'll post that too. And it's that's been something that when I'm having a particularly tough time or, you know, just something's getting me down, I always look back at that and I think you're doing your best, you're creating, you know, you're keeping your, your clients first, you're doing what right. you're supposed to do. So I won't spoil it completely, but come to the realestateratemakers.com and check it out. So anything else, Valerie, that you want to share about mindfulness or vision boarding is there anything else that you do to kind of keep yourself focused no I kind of it's funny because remember when suddenly I don't have anything and I'm like I'm a loser nobody knows <laughs> that so really honestly I always say like you, even with Jackson again and the interviews because we're going through this it's almost like you have to exude positivity yes and again it goes back to power positive thinking it goes back to almost Buddha right you know, right that what you will is what what's going to happen. If I'm at home thinking nobody likes me, I'm never going to sell another home. That's exactly what's going to happen. So like you create your own reality. So I feel, yeah. So even, I've always said, even if I don't have anything, dress like a real city and yeah. go to the supermarket. And then you run into someone that is like, my mother wants to buy a house. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So literally right. staying positive because you will get tested in this business. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, every time you get tested and, you know, because I call you and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to jump off a cliff. Then something good happens. Like You're I get so the easiest, right. best, nicest customer yes. or I get a cash sale that's going to close in 10 days. Yes. So you always have to keep, again, that positive that, you know what I mean? And any job is going to be yeah. peaks and valleys. Yeah. But. yeah, I would say real estate in particular is a bit of a roller coaster ride at times. Yes. But as you said, there are days that something goes horribly awry. And I always think at the end of that day, tomorrow it could be completely different. And right. that's how this business is. And that's one thing that makes it so exciting and so fun and helps right. you stay positive even through the, the tougher times. So yeah. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our mindfulness and vision boarding episode, and we would love to see pictures of your vision board. So please send them to us. You can email us. All our contact information is on our website at therealestaterainmakers.com, and we'll post pictures of your vision boards, too, if you share them with us. We'd love to do that. So our next episode will be part three and our final section of our goal-setting series And in that episode, we're going to break down your goals even further and walk you through goal setting so that you have an income goal set for yourself for next year. And you could do this so that it's your next 12 months, or you can try to forecast what your goals will be starting at the beginning of next year. So we're going to show you the exercise that we do at the end of every year as an office and as a team that kind of keeps us focused on our our goals and shows you it's, it's pretty cool it shows you not only how many transactions you need to have but how many signed listing and buyer agreements you need to have and even how many appointments you need to have to reach your goals so we're excited to share that with you
So thank you as always for listening. Please remember to leave us a review or a rating and we appreciate your being here with us. As always, I'm Meredith Fogel with Valerie Hernois. And this has been So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. See you next time. Goodbye. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune into our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, tune into future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Fogel. And I'm Valerie Hernal. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.